Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Armchair Crew Chief. We are officially in playoff seasons for two of our three <clears throat> series here. So we'll go run through some, some stuff. We had an interesting setup here this past weekend. We had trucks run on Sunday. We had Xfinity on Friday. And we had Cup Series on sun- Saturday. Excuse me. So this was the regular season finale for the Cup Series. Pretty much everything was cemented with the exception of the regular season champion and the final spot of the of the championship, the 16th spot. So we got our clear definer winner of the regular season. Roughly, I think it was at the beginning of stage two, we found out who that was. And then our last guy got the, the 16th final spot. Pretty much never gave it up. So we, we had that going on. And then we had the, the truck series that they were two races in. To their or well, this was their second race, and then now we have Xfinity going in, and they're going to be going two more races, and then they hit their playoffs. So we're soon to be in full playoff season in NASCAR NASCAR series in general. So let's go ahead and dive into everything that happened. We're going to go ahead and start off with trucks. They were out at Milwaukee on Sunday. Milwaukee is a very interesting track. They haven't been there in a very long time. I think it was 97 was the last time they were there. It's the oldest managed track in the world. It's very flat. It's a mile, a little over a mile. <clears throat> we're talking nine degree banking on the corners and two in the straights. So, you know, compare that to like the 20 degree banking or you look at a Pocono that's got, I think they have a, a nine, 12 and 14 for their turns. And so it's very, very flat. And you can tell that looking at the race, uh, it seemed to be fairly lackluster at the beginning. And then we started getting into some of these cautions, people getting loose, uh, just truck series racing. Uh, it turned out to be a better race towards the end, in my opinion, at the front, I couldn't really keep my personal attention, you know, that be that bad on me, sure. So let's go ahead and just dive into everything and what happened on the truck series. Uh, we'll go ahead and start off with our lineup like we normally do. We're going to do top five. Daniel Dye, fifth. Taylor Gray, Josevar, third. Nick Sanchez, second. Grant and Finger got the pole. I thought that Nick Sanchez was going to have a strong running this this week, this weekend, but unfortunately he got caught up in a wreck, <clears throat> ended his day early, um, so that didn't really help him out too much. Then just bumping into some of the other racing that we had, um, it, Grant Infinger pretty much ran away with it. There was some spots where after pits at that stage where Carson Hosevar came up and he started running, um, he, he led quite a few laps. So in finger led one 95 and 175 laps and he passed Hosevar in the, the final steps. He just had the stronger truck. Hosevar, I'll give it to him. He gave, he had a very strong run. Uh, he went and on the last pit, he stayed out, which helped him bump up even more after, <clears throat> excuse me, his one pit. 
But Enfinger just had his better tires got him around and forward. So, you know, it's one of those that you gamble and it didn't pay off, unfortunately. Uh, you know, Corey Heim led some of the laps. Um, it, it was just overall good, a good strong showing. I mean, Grant Enfinger, if you, <clears throat> if you haven't picked up, he won the race. We are looking at our, our top 10. We had Bailey Curry, Jake Garcia, Derek Krause, Ty Majeski, Chase Purdy, Matt Crafton, Corey Heim, Christian Eckes, Josevar got second, and Ingram Figure won. He started on the pole and finished on the pole, you could call it. So, I mean, he had a very strong truck. He was out there, and he, you know, this is, I think this is a good stab because we heard over the news on Wednesday that GMS Racing and GMS Fabrication is no longer going to be around after this year. Um, we can talk a little bit more about that later on in this podcast. But, you know, just to have a strong showing of GMS coming out and winning, and they're going out for a, a championship, and I hope they win it. I mean, I was, I'm was i a Truex fan in the Cup Series, but even not being a Truex fan, I was kind of going for them. I would have expected to go for them probably. Uh, for the championship back in 19, whenever that was the last running, or excuse me, 18. I think it was 18. Uh, the last running for Furniture Row. I mean, you want to see a, a team like that that has strong cars, <clears throat> won championships in the past, been around, a staple, go out there and finish strong and finish on the high note, and, you know, right off into the sun. So it was, you know, it was an interesting race. Like I was saying, it had some had some wrecks going on, but it, it's not so, so unlike for this, for the trucks. I mean, trucks, you have some inexperienced drivers going around. These trucks are very, a lot more difficult in my opinion to handle than running a car. So we did have some interesting stuff beforehand. Ty Majeski ended up uh, being head survey pass through penalty and a rear of the field. And he ran through the field, did pretty decent going through it. Um, he also had a tire confiscated in the uh, crew chief, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, taken off his team for the penalties. Um, we'll see what happens going forward, whether or not they find the team or just whatever happens. Um, Sanchez, as I said, I thought he was going to have something run, uh, a good run, strong showing. He got up with uh, Heim. In lap 141, hit the wall. He couldn't go. I mean, it was unfortunately that's what happened. Uh, we did have a multi-truck crash to be at the restart of stage two. Um, so it was it was one of those things that it happens. It's trucks. So I mean, Raja Karuth got caught up in some stuff. I think um, he would have had a better strong. He didn't do too bad, but I think he could have been up there earlier, uh, further up. He was just getting caught like wrecks in front of him and so on. Um, you know, he finished 14th. The other person that we follow on this podcast, Haley Deegan, she finished 22nd. I still think trucks are not her thing. I'd like to see what she does in a uh, Xfinity car and have more of just like a one-off and see how she can handle it. Um, I, again, I don't think trucks are her spot. You look at SRX and she can handle up there and you can argue that it's, you know, 12 cars, but she's running with some really good drivers, you know, Tony Stewart, Boyer, um, you know, 
some of the older guys out there, Schrader, and she can hang with them in a car and not just on dirt. <clears throat> her strong suit's dirt, obviously, based on her background. But anyway, so just moving on from there. So taking a quick look at the playoff standings for the Craftsman Truck Series, we have two guys that are locked in. We have Grant Infinger with the win Sunday. Ty Majeski got a win at IRP. And we have, sitting on the outside looking in, we have Ben Rhodes, Matt Benedetto. Those two guys are looking on the outside in. Ben Rhodes is three points below the cut line. <clears throat> Matt Benedetto is 20 points. So it's still up. We have two races, I believe it is. And we'll check that schedule here shortly. Uh, but then you have, you know, Zane Smith, Carson Osvar, Eckes. These guys are up there. Uh, I think a, a Kraft and Nick Sanchez are going to be your two guys that might come out and come back in. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, we do have some interesting thing going forward with that. Let's see the truck series. We're going to be going up to Kansas next week, um, September 8th. And then we have the Bristol race on the 14th. Um, so just going through there and see what we can happen with there. Trucks are very, it, it's, it's up in the air on what will happen with the trucks, in my opinion, with playoffs. One, they the races, there's so much break in them. And then two, you know, you have just everything else that can happen. I mean, these guys, you're running with a lot more experience because it's, it's a developmental bump up. So it's hard to tell. So September 8th, Kansas will be our last race. Then we run into the round of eight where we're going to have Bristol on the 14th. And then you're going to have like two weeks off. And you have Talladega the 30th, and then they're not racing until Homestead on the 21st. So, <clears throat> like I was saying, there's a big gap there to see what happens with these guys and what will happen. So, it it's always up in the air. Matt Crafton, I have a fear, is going to be probably knocked out. I'd like to see Kosen, Carson, Kosen, Carson Hosevar, see what he can do. Uh, going up there, he's running pretty strong. Grant Enfinger, like I said, it'd be kind of cool for him to come off on the high horse with GMS going forward since they're kind of ceasing operations at the end of the season. And we'll just go on from there and see what happens. So just moving on now, we're going to go into Xfinity. Xfinity ran Friday night, and that was the Wawa 250. We'll go ahead and start on our qualifying and see where everybody started. Austin Hill, Sheldon Creed, Sammy Smith, Chandler Smith, and Parker Kligerman were your top five. Um, it was you had the big one. I think that was towards the end in in stage three. Austin Hill ran away. He was strong. RCR cars were strong. Sheldon Creed was up there running really strong. Um, and then you see some of the uh, junior motorsports cars. They slowly started making their way up. Uh, I think it was Allgaier had to make a pass through penalty, if I remember correctly, at the end at the beginning of the race, and he was able to just rebound from that and get a strong win, a uh, strong showing. And then. Uh, just, just going forward with that, he failed. So he failed pre-qualifying inspection three times. So he had to start from the rear of the field and was forced to serve a drive-through penalty with <clears throat> four other cars. But you know that didn't that didn't stop him from driving through the field. We bump into stage two: Sheldon Creed, Austin Hill, one, two; Cole Custer, third; Sammy Smith, fourth; Daniel Hemrick, fifth. So 
you had these guys. I mean, John Hunter was up there. Trevor Bain really had a strong car. I think the two strong cars out there were Austin Hill and Trevor Bain. Sheldon Creed was up there in that mix, too. RCR put out some really good super speedway cars for this race. And, you know, then we ended up having the big one. The big one came out on a restart. We had Trevor Bain up front. I can't fully remember who was up up there with him. He had Austin Hill behind him. And he just, you know, they restarted. And then going on, Austin Hill tried to make that wide turn. I think he was still connected. Uh, One of the guys that listens to his podcast, um, he had differencing opinions on that. He still thinks they were they were not linked up and it was just the block. Uh, but anyway, you know, he kind of hooked them a little bit in my opinion, caught him just the, just the lightest, slightest bit. And, uh, just, I mean, he, he got him unfortunately. And it caused the big one. It's, it turned Trevor Bain in the wall. You had Austin Hill get involved in that. You had, you know, the 20 car get involved with that. Some of these strong guys that I I think could have gone for a winning Riley Hurst was involved. Um, it just, it, it, like I said, it collected a lot of, it collected a lot of people. Um, let's see, just going over it. So with 30 laps to go was that big one. Riley Hurst left front exploded, messed up the car. Um, so it, I mean, this big one caught a lot of people. You still had Parker up there. You had, you know, Parker Kligerman, I should say, not Retzlaff. Parker Retzlaff was doing pretty good. He's, you know, he he did really well. I'm, I'm good to see him going up. Um, it's, I like to see Sheldon Creed win some. I was, you know, we were kind of going for him a little bit just because he hasn't won anything. He finished second really strong. Daniel Hemrick, um, he he had a really strong showing back and forth. I just, from the history form I've seen, I think Hemrick struggles with uh, just going back and forth with some things and not getting, either he can't push right or he's just not getting the push he needs. Speaking of pushing, Parker Kligerman, I think that dude could have won the race. Um he ended up not getting the pushes from anybody, really. Hemrick didn't push him. Um, some of these other guys didn't push him. He was having issues. He had it was in front of Cole Custer and trying to get the push to go forward. And Cole Custer at the end of the race. And I think this, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's racing, but at the same time, it's like don't say anything. And it it in my opinion, run your race as your team. I know you got to kind of go out there and help your teammate, but I think you're helping your teammate by racing with them, not hurting other people. And Cole Cole Custer came out and said, he's like, yeah, I didn't push the 48 Parker Kligerman because he's fighting for Riley Hurst for that final playoff spot. I'm like, come on, really? Your guy's out. He's even come out and said he's hated the history of his car stinking the whole time. I don't think that 98's getting in and... It's not going to be because they don't have a good driver. It's going to be because their team can't put a stinking car together that'll last the whole race or perform well enough to compete in a race. And that's been the story all season. So for Cole Custer to come out and say what he said, yeah, okay, you're a teammate, but at the same time, 
your teammates crew can't get it together consistently for long enough. You need to just run your race because you could have done better too. Who knows? He could have gone out there and pushed Parker. They could have bumped up to second. Maybe Parker win. Then Cole Custer gets fifth. And yeah, I know Custer's in there for winning the two races, but still you get more points. You can get higher up in the standings. You can see what happens. And so I, I had a problem with that. And that, that kind of frustrated me. Uh, I'm, I like to see Parker Kligerman race. I think it's cool that he is a Sunday TV analyst and he's running the race on Saturdays. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. I hope he makes the playoffs and I hope he beats the pants off some of these guys. And just, it's one of those things to thumb your nose at him. Is he going to do that? No, he's not that kind of person, I think. But it's just one of those things. And he puts out some good quality content. If you guys can check it out on social media, Parker puts out some good stuff. Uh, he'd be one cool guy to get and talk to. But anyway, let's go ahead and bump into our playoff standings. Remember, we have two more races here. We have the race this weekend at Darlington, and then we have Kansas for these guys. And that's going to be their last race in, until the playoffs. And then we bump into Bristol. So just looking at everything here, you know, Austin Hills up there, John Hunter, they're fighting for that regular season championship. <clears throat> Allgaier is making a stance for it too. I mean, he's really close. I think it's, it's going to be between those three guys. Let's see what happens here. Uh, just looking at the regular season, uh, Justin Allgaier is higher than John Hunter just by one point though. So, I mean, and they're only separated by 28 points. So it's going to be something good to watch for the next two races and see what happens because these guys run strong and see if they get caught up in something or and see if they one of them can run away with it. Um, they've, you know, Austin Hill and John Hunter have run away with things. Justin Allgaier's had the, the testament of fighting and clawing back on his races, either getting caught up in wrecks and not being able to finish or he gets up there and then last minute somebody passes him or his car just doesn't operate the way it should be. So just going into that, our top five, we have Austin Hill, John Hunter, Allgaier, Custer, Sam Mayer. Our bottom guys that we're looking at here are Daniel Hemricks, 50 points, 56 points, excuse me, above the cutoff line. Parker Kligerman is 20 points above the cutoff line. Then you have Riley Hurst and the 20 points below. Again, I don't know if he's going to make it if – and I'm just going by history. I think he's got the talent to make it in there. I think he's a really good driver, in my opinion. I think he's got crap equipment. And if you put him in another car that's not the 98, put him in a Chevy. Put him in a Toyota. I'd like to see more Toyotas out there that can compete instead of just Joe Gibbs on the Xfinity side. <clears throat> and I think he can do something. Uh, Brandon Jones is 88 points. And then Brett Moffat, I think he's one of those that you just can't, unless he wins to get in. I don't see him making it. So Brandon Jones, he's, he's my long shot. Uh, I think Parker's going to get in there on that last 12th spot. Uh, Riley Hurst, unless he can show me that he does it, but then we're going to, you know, Darlington's a good short track to see what happens. And then we're also showing up at some of these other, like Kansas, see what happens at Kansas. Kansas is one of those, you know, snooze fest style tracks. Cause it's a cookie cutter almost. Um, so we'll see what happens uh, I, and go from there and just and we'll, we'll see what happens. I think Austin Hill and John Hunter and Algar are going to be fighting for your championship. I think Austin Hill's got it. Uh, 
John Hunter can come out here and possibly win some stuff, and it might make it better. I, I don't know. It, it's going to be between those three guys, I think, unless one of these other guys sets the world on fire for these next few races to get up there. So moving on to the Cup Series. Cup Series, we had a big wreck, and then we had a wild, crazy wreck at the end. Um, so just going through qualifying, let's go through qualifying first. As we do, we'll do top five. Ty Gibbs was fifth, Bubba Wallace fourth, Harrison Burton third, Eric Amarola, and Chase Briscoe. So the, the things that we were watching for on this race were we had Denny Hamlin and Martin Truex Jr. fighting for that 15 coveted points that you get for being the regular season champion. And then you had your final playoff spot that was being fought pretty much between Bubba Wallace and Ty Gibbs. I don't think any of these other guys were going to be doing anything. Um Somebody else to note, Front Row Motorsports, Riley Hurston, the 36. Again, this dude can run. He's He qualified six, and he was up there running really well. He did good. Once again, put him in better equipment, equipment that's not going to fail him, and he can go out there and run and race. I think what's holding him back is his equipment, and that's a lot of same song and dance for some of these people. You've heard me talk about Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy, I think he's a really good driver. People will argue that with me, but you put him in better equipment, he can go out there and run. Look at Kyle Larson in the 42. He was good, but then he bumps into to a Hendrick Motorsports car, and he wins a championship. Noah Gragson, I think he's another guy that's got some really good talent. It's going to take him a while to get back up to the Cup Series, but I, if I'm him, I'm not taking anything less than a main team going out there or somebody that's actually competing. Legacy is not that team, and I don't think it will be that team. He, they're going to be a middle-of-the-road, hang out with Spire, hang out with, you know, unfortunately, I hate to say it, Front Row Motorsports, because uh, they've had some really strong showing. And also, you know, JTG. I like the spotter for uh, Ricky Stenhouse. He was gracious enough to speak to me. And he got out there, and I mean, he's really du- genuine dude guy. Ricky Stenhouse looks like he's a good guy. It's just I've seen the history of Ricky with what he's done in the past, and maybe he can turn around. JTG, maybe they can get something going and keep going and make a strong running. I don't want to knock them out. I think they're more like a top 10-ish with, you know, get your win every so often. And let's see them turn that around see what happens. So we're just going in there. So stage one. You had your guys, you had some guys sit there and pit before and then come out and run. And then you had some guys that just ran the whole whole stage. So our, our stage one will go top five. We had Joey in fifth, Ty Gibbs fourth, Kevin Harvick third, Christopher Bell second, and Truex first. With that stage right there, Truex clinched the regular season championship. Uh, Denny Hamlin, actually, excuse me, it wasn't that one. It was the end of second. If I remember correctly, because Denny Hamlin did get some points, but this put Martin Truex Jr. at 21 playoff points, which will be very pivotal when we talk towards the end of this race. And then moving on into stage two, we had Keselowski, Kyle Busch, Suarez, Bowman, and Byron as your top five. Truex did get, he was sitting, he sat towards the back, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 26, because he just, his gut, he he claims his gut called it. And yeah, stage two, we had the big wreck. We had Ryan Blaney up there running. Ty Gibbs right behind him. And, you know, 
Ty Gibbs got into the back of Blaney and turned him. And next thing you know, they had the you had your big wreck. And this wasn't even the like wild wreck that happened. This was like collect all the cars. And I mean, it collected a lot of guys that could have been running for uh playoffs, possibly. I mean, but then you also had people that were trying to get more playoff points, more stage points to move up and get more points going into the regular season or into the regular season into the playoffs. So it was just big. And I think it's just boils down to Ty Gibbs is inexperience. And you say he could run, he's run and he's a champion in Xfinity. It's different. These cars are very different in the way they operate. So yeah, that was, that was something big that happened and it was, it was wild. Um, that just collected a lot of people. Ryan Blaney, some people equated his hit to the same hit that Dale Sr. hit in, 21, in 2001. And just luckily he had Safer Barrier, Hans Device, and all that stuff. And, I mean, unfortunately, whenever you have somebody that passes away due to a race, more safety measures come out there instead of afterwards because you're not thinking about it. And people have argued that that's saved Blaney's life, those safety measures, how hard he hit. So it was, it was wild that, but that, again, that wasn't even the most wildest wreck. We go out and we look in stage three. It was, I want to say the eight laps to go, seven laps to go at the end of the state, at the end of the race. And you had Ryan priest and I want to make sure I can see if I can find out who was with him. I think it was Briscoe with him. They got something happened with those guys racing back there in the back. They were towards the back of the pack. They both spun, went sideways. Ryan Priest was going sideways. The differentiation between the grass and concrete and just that changing. Priest got airborne. He flipped about 10 times. I mean, spun quick and heavy and then luckily landed on the, with the, the chassis upward, upright. And he was able to get out of the car. He was visibly shaken up. And I mean, obviously you're, you flip 10, 15 times. I say 15 because some people might've counted a little bit more than that, but I think uh, NBC said 10 times and we've had some other people that counted it and 10 times. I mean, it was, it was brutal. And I will have to say to NASCAR kudos on this part where the cab of the vehicle stayed together, underbody stayed together. The roof stayed together, did not get crushed. All of that worked out and protected him. I do agree with somebody else that I've talked to that listens to this podcast that, you know, you got to design some of these parts to come flying off, especially if it helps slow the vehicle down, catch it and drag in the grass, slow it down and then break off and slow down, do something. Um, it's tough to see that. And I know some of the stuff with like tethered parts or, you know, parts just sticking more together is due to, an accident that we had, I think it was at Talladega earlier this year, or even some of these other ones where they're trying to fortify this vehicle. So you don't have stuff fly out, hit contestants. You don't have to hit spectators, all those kind of people to see what happens. But at the same time, I've also heard, you know, and just going through with this race, it was a lot of pack racing, a lot of single car racing, couple, you know, Two line racing, I, it, but it was it was pack racing. 
and it makes it tough to pass. It makes it tough to move around because you you can't pull out into a third lane unless you have help because you're just going to fall back and drop like a rock. I'd like to see them make some kind of a package change to eliminate a pack racing <clears throat> and see what they can do from there. The pack racing, I think, kind of takes from it, similar to what Watkins Glen and we had at Indianapolis. Were, I mean, that, those were snooze fests, in my opinion. Because of just how the car handles. And I know they're working on that aero package to make that better. We'll see what happens there. I've heard comments, and it's not going to happen anytime soon. Just the way this car just came out. But, you know, put them on smaller rims. Put them, you know, get rid of the tapered spacers and and just the splitters. Like zero downforce pretty much. And let the true drivers come out. I don't know how that will work. And I've kind of like, I've express my speculation with this person that I've talked to about this. I see where he's coming from. I don't know how it will work. Uh, but anyway, let's go ahead and finish off the, the Coke Zero Sugar 400 race recap. Let's go ahead and start with the 10th. Corey LaJoy showed up, made a strong finish, 10th. A lot of that was because you had half the field get knocked out. But you got Corey LaJoy sitting there. Harvick's 9th. Byron 8th. Kyle Busch 7th. Alex Bowman 6th. Logano 5th, Elliott 9th, Almirola 10th, Keselowski 2nd, and Busher got his third win in five races. He's had a really strong car. He's had some really good runnings. I don't know how that will translate going forward, but you can't discredit him for this. And I'll give it to Brad Keselowski for not trying to get out in front and get that win. He stayed with his teammate. The problem I have with this one here is me being a Truex fan. He's not anywhere to be seen, and he had a really strong car and strong running, and they played it very safe. Um, he had a gut feeling to move back, but you're dealing with like four laps to go, five laps to go. And he finished 24th because he dropped to the back. I think that was very – I. I I wish he wouldn't have done that because there's nothing happened. I think he would have gotten a lot better, maybe got some more points moving forward to see what happens. But he did clinch that regular season. He was just trying to get out there with a clean car. So it's – I can understand it. I think I, I wouldn't have done it. I would have told him to just run the race and get out there. You know, records or checkers at the end. You got the regular season champion. Let's do it. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and look at your – your playoff standings are 16. So our our final spot that was not locked in went to Bubba Wallace. This is his first playoff run, and we'll see what happens with him. I think no disrespect to Bubba. I, I'm not a fan of his, but I think he's going to be a one and done. He's going to be out on this this first stage. Uh, let him prove me wrong. Again, I'm one of these little guys that doesn't, you know, I'm not in the sport. I just do a little podcast, so he's not going to look at me and say anything. Then, you know, so looking at the outside, looking in, we have Michael McDowell, Ricky Stenhouse, Kevin Harvick, Bubba Wallace, Daniel Suarez. Those guys are looking out. We have our two winners. We have our Daytona 500 winner, and then we also have our uh, Indianapolis road course winner sitting on the outside looking in. Just because those guys, you know, that falls into that, they don't run in the top pack with the equipment. And so they don't get a lot of stage points. They don't, they, they're trying to survive and get points. And hey, 
that's what you got to do because purses change and if you can build up your money to get stuff. Uh, Michael McDowell mentioned that on the Denny Hamlin podcast after his win in Indianapolis about that. This win can allow us to get a better machine to help us out and get better tolerances. So let's see if they can translate that on and get something going forward. So looking at our top, which will stay in at least, I feel, for at least one. You have your 12, then I think you go to eight. Or eight or 12, 10, 8, 4. Uh, don't quote me on that. But you have William Byron and Martin Truex Jr. William Byron's first because he's got five wins. Truex has got three wins. But they're both tied in points with 36 playoff points. I was unaware when I kept looking at everything because <clears throat> I was wondering how Truex wasn't first. They gave second place eight points and so on for I thought you won the regular season, you got 15 points, and everybody else had to deal with that. I was wrong. But you're looking at these guys. They have 11 points higher than Denny Hamlin. And this is going to reset. So I see they're going to sit up there, maybe one, two, three. They're going to float around those if they don't have any strong showings. But we're going to Darlington. Darlington's a strong track for you know a Denny, a Truex, a Byron's one out there. It's I, I don't see I see them going to the four, uh, final four. Uh, those two guys, I think those are your two odd-in favorites to win the championship. And we'll see what happens with that going forward. You know, we're looking at, you know, the odds. Truex has had just a slightly better odd to win the championship at a 14-1 to than a 12-1. to <clears throat> uh, Going forward, was, those were the opening odds. Uh, Byron's a 5-1. to Truex is a 17-4. to so, you know, they're giving it to Truex. If you argue, put your tinfoil hat on with me right now, and we'll take it off. But tinfoil hat on, Hendrick Motorsports with their mystery cautions and so on and so forth. You're looking at William Byron's going to be your 2023 Cup Series champion. Put your money on it. Let's roll. All right, let's take our tinfoil hat back off. And we're moving into Larson is going to be our 6-1 to one odd. And then we'll round out the four with... All right with Denny Hamlin at six to one. So those are your, your top four there that they think Kyle Busch is coming close eight to one and your long shot. If you want to bet a dollar and maybe win a ton, 150 to one, you got Michael McDowell, 151. You got Ricky Stenhouse, 40 to one Bubba Wallace, I guess, cause he's with 2311 and he's had some strong showings. I think that 45 car is hands down better than that 23 car especially in the driver, if you want to call experience, whatever. I think the 45, if they can get their act together because they've hurt themselves bad, the lug nut, all that stuff. So, yeah, and he's 20 to 1. Then you got Keselowski, 20 to 1. Harvick's 20 to 1. Hair Club for Men, Joey Logano, 16 to 1. Ross Chastain, 16 to 1. He's very, in my opinion, he's a very lackluster, abysmal season, in my opinion. Blame it on, you know, people saying you can't do that hail melon stuff anymore. You gotta tone yourself down. They shouldn't have done that. Let the dude run. I mean, he's running and racing. If you if you're gonna get, you know, prim and proper and complain about, you know, rubbing and racing and move you and you can't handle your car. Now, granted, he did punt a couple but look at Joey Logano. He does the same stinking thing. He did it at Pocono. He he did it at Pocono the past two years where he moves people out of the way and they're like and he he's just so caught up in his own mind. And we'll cover that too with, in my opinion, a boneheaded comment that he made. And Dale Jr. kind of agrees with me. 
um, to an extent. But we'll cover that in a little bit later. Then we got Ryan Blaney, sixteen to one, Seabell, twelve to one, and so that that's your 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 betting odds <clears throat> going forward. You know, looking at your other guys, and this doesn't make any sense. I mean, your playoff field, okay, number one, William Byron, his championships on we talked about five to one. Last time in the championship, uh, he got eliminated in the round of eight and twenty-two, twelve and nineteen, and and 21, uh, eliminated round of 16, 20, 20, and did not make the playoffs in 18. Um, his best tracks are Phoenix. Huh. We're going to we're going to that track last, so we'll see what happens with that. You know, go figure. That's the last track we go to, and he's going to be running there. Um, I that's something else that I don't like. Is let's let's shake up the let's not go to with the championship track twice. I like the fact when we went to Homestead once, and it was the championship. Pick another track to go to. I mean, we go to Pocono once. I'm not saying we want to go to Pocono, but just think about it. Let's do that a little bit different. Uh, and I know contracts, and they want to go somewhere that NASCAR owns. NASCAR owns Phoenix. So we move into our number two guy, Truex. <clears throat> he won in 17. Reese's Championship 4 in 15, 18, 19, and 21. 18, he, got, he just got beat out by Joey. 19, I think it was that or Kyle Busch. I can't remember. And then 19 was Joey or Kyle Busch. 19 was, in my opinion, sabotaged because these guys know better and they swapped the tires. I mean, he, this dude was leading. He should have won 19. Should be a two-time championship winner. 17 to 19, in my opinion. Something happened. He was eliminated in round 8 in 2020. Eliminated round 12 and 16. It did not make the playoffs in 14 or 22. He beat... He got beat out by four points last year, and he didn't have any wins. So this dude can run up top. If he can get out of his home mind and stop overthinking things, I think this dude's unstoppable, and he can ride out in the sunset with one more championship, maybe two more, whenever he wants to retire. If his thing is his team slightly hurts him, but that's with every team, what hurts him is his brain. He overthinks too much, in my opinion. And he just needs to shut up, calm down, and go out and run the race. If he can focus on that, go ahead. Um, William Byron, we talked about him. So just moving forward, that's the end of our Cup Series running of everything. We'll get into the weekend, what's going on on the weekend here soon. But let's go ahead and talk about some news. Uh, We'll go ahead and dive into what Denny Hamlin said the past week and a half. Um, first of all, he goes out and puts blame. I think we were talking about this before on Chase Elliott for running out of fuel. He ran out of fuel and Denny Hamlin had the audacity to come out and say, Chase should have known better. I disagree with him wholeheartedly on that one. That's his crew's responsibility. Chase's mind, he's trying to make it into the chase because he's got to win to get in. He can't just point in. He's looking to win. He's looking to pass cars. He's focused. He's laser focused on racing. And then you want to go around and say, Denny, would you have thought about that? He says, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean, that's why I call myself the armchair crew chief because I'll sit there and I'll listen to the back at the end of the race and be like, well, they should have done that. They should have done this. And I don't have racing experience like these guys do. But. You know, I see stuff on the back end. It's just like uh, armchair quarterbacking. So 
moving on to this, I think Denny was wrong there. Incorrect. Then he said something that, you know, and I'll repeat what he said. He said, if it was between the 23 and the 54 in front of him, he's going to push the 23, his own team, to get in the playoffs and not his teammate. His owned team, not his teammate. I wonder what Joe Gibbs is going to say about that. Dell Jr. came out and said, yeah, I probably would have done the same thing, but I would have kept my mouth shut about it and not told anybody. He's like, well, that's why we love Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin is, I don't know what to say about Denny. I, I'm not a big fan of him. I don't like the way he acts. Um, I obviously have disagreeing opinion on what he says, but you know he's entitled to it, and he'll come back to me like you're just a little spectator. Like, whatever. You know, I'm still entitled to my opinion, and you guys listening, listen to my opinion, and you can argue with me. And we can have a talk about it. And if you want to come on here, I'm not going to say no. And if one of these guys, like Denny Hamlin, wants to go in here and say some stuff, as long as he's respectful, he can come on here too. I don't care. But anyway, yeah, I I don't know. And then I think Denny Hamlin's not going back to Joe Gibbs next year. I think he's in a conundrum like Kyle Busch was where people don't want to sponsor him. Yeah, he's got FedEx, but is FedEx coming back with him? I don't know. Can he bring FedEx with him? And it goes back to the idea that we talked about last week where 2311 was talking at Michigan. Maybe they go to Ford. Maybe he buys the charter from Stuart Haas from the 10 car and runs Ford. And they field a three-car team, and he runs for himself. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, we have some question marks going up because you got to see what Trackhouse is going to do to get SVG into a car again. Are they going to try and just you know, qualify their way in? SVG's a really talented driver. They possibly could. So, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, other news is going on is Penske is swapping crew chiefs for Austin Sendrick and Harrison Burton. Um, I don't think that's going to fix it. <clears throat> I think they think there's something wrong with uh, Sendrick's crew. I just don't think Sendrick's that good of a driver in the Cup Series cars. And we've talked about in the past. I mean, we talked about the Haley Deegan. She's not good in trucks. She could be good elsewhere. We don't know. I think Cendric's just not that good in the cup cars. I think he's up there because his dad is on the team. I mean, it's a, almost a Ty Gibb-esque thing, but you don't hear too much about Cendric in in that. Uh, other news, Carson Hosfar is going to be piloting the 42 at Darlington, excuse me, for Legacy. So we'll see what happens there and see how he can handle that. I think this guy's got a good future going forward. Um, we'll see how that handles. So going back on to uh, Legacy Motor, and we had... Uh, the news of GMS, two separate entities, mind you. Let's let's get that record straight. Two separate entities, GMS Racing and Trucks, GMS Fabrication, they are separate than Legacy. And I had somebody talk to me on social media about this, like, well, you know, whatever. Since Jimmy Johnson has joined Legacy, it has been nothing but bad. One with the news of Toyota, that's... I mean, hey, you're going to switch to Toyota? That's Jimmy Johnson. That's not Richard Petty. You just lost all your ties to Chevrolet to give you decent equipment for the rest of the season. And you can argue, no, they're not going to do that. Yeah, they are. And then you move on to the no Graxon. <clears throat> very outspoken. Very fans like him. Seems to be like a good guy. Something pops up from three years ago. Three years ago. Somebody had a hand into that. Rumor has it that somebody that doesn't like Noah Graxon found it and sent it over to Legacy, and then 
the dominoes fell. I've heard arguments. You know, it's because Jimmy Johnson's very bland coming from Hendrick. Hendrick kind of tames their guys, and we'll see what happens from there. And then you have this where, you know, just because the Toyota GMS is not going to be running. And somebody said, oh, well, they're, you know, they're, Jimmy Johnson had no hand in it. Jimmy Johnson made the decision to switch to Toyota. That's what hurt GMS and trucks. That's what's causing that. I mean, there's a direct correlation. Is it all of it? Probably not. But it's a good majority of it. And everybody thinks Jimmy Johnson is the best thing in sliced bread. The argument that, you know, seven time should have been <clears throat> unanimously put into the Hall of Fame with Chad Knauss. You had other guys in there, I think, that deserved more than they did on fir- not first ballot. You talk to some people, tinfoil hat time again, Hendrick Motorsports. They cheated their way in a lot more than everybody else did. But outside of Hendrick, Jimmy's not a good racer up here. Yeah, he probably been running the trucks well that he started off with. I, I don't know what they call those trucks, but it's not like Xfinity or Craftsman Truck Series. But running those trucks, running stuff like that. But look look at his IndyCar He's had he had two years or so in there. He should have got he should have picked it up and ran it, in my opinion. Especially if he's this high and mighty first ballot NASCAR Hall of Famer, he should have been able to do that. Look at the two races. Well, only one because Jimmy, for a serious unfortunate event, I'm not going to hold that against him. Had I mean at Coda didn't do well. Yeah, you could argue equipment, whatever, but he never ran up front. He should have been able to run closer to the front, even if the equipment expires. So I don't think Jimmy Johnson's as great as people think he thinks. Um, he brought a lot of people to the sport. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> I won't argue some of that stuff, but when it comes to his accolades, I think some of them are inflated. It's it's like the Dodgers in 2020. They think they won the, the World Series. Paperwork says they won the World Series, but they, they won on a shortened COVID season. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that are probably staying with me on that one. But anyway, moving forward, that's what we got going on there. And let's go ahead and catch the back end of our closing out segment of the podcast. We have our weekend schedule for Darlington. So Darlington, we are running Xfinity and Cup. These are both night races, if I remember correctly. Um, Xfinity's not so much a night race. <clears throat> That's normal time. So we're going to start off on Saturday. You have your Xfinity practice and qualifying that will be streaming on NBC Sports Plus. That's supposed to be 1035 and 1105. Then you have your practice and qualifying for Cup Series at 1235 and 120 Eastern on Saturday. That will be televised on USA, Radio MRN, Sirius XM. And then we have our Xfinity race 3:30 on USA and MRN, and then we're looking at our cookout Southern 500 six Eastern on Sunday Labor Day USA and MRN for that. That one's going to be fun to watch. I like watching Darlington. I like watching some of these short tracks like that, Darlington Martinsville. Um, I'm not that big into Bristol because it's Wreckfest. I think it's a wild race. It's fun. It's just not one of my top ones. Um, I like watching these shorter tracks. Those mile and a half are so snoozy to me, in my opinion. Um, Super Speedway starting to get there, and I always said that Talladega was my favorite track. So we'll see what happens going forward. We got a lot of stuff moving, a lot of moving parts here. We got you know 
nearing the end of our regular season with Xfinity, and we are just starting off playoffs. So we'll see what happens with all that and going forward. So, hey, guys, I appreciate you guys listening. This was a long one, just a lot of rant and raves. Um, probably starting to get a little bit more into rant and raves on my side, try to shorten up on recaps, but still give you guys rec- – I don't want to get away from recaps on the races and my opinions and stuff, but I want to go on to some of these rant and raves every so often. Um, thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and we'll catch you back after the Darlington races, and we'll see you then. Have a good one.